Good evening, this is Evangelist Stacy Gibson, and welcome to my podcast. As promised on my promo, tonight's episode will be Scars of Love. Scars of Love. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almost kind, dear gracious Heavenly Father, we do love you and thank you, Father, dear God, for those scars that you've uh, pr- obtained on the cross, Father, dear Lord, for the, the scourging, for everything that you went through, Father, dear Lord, all the suffering, the plucking of the beard, the crown of thorns. Thank you for everything that you've done, Father, dear God, just to prove just how much you love us. And thank you for dying on that cross for our sins. And I thank you, Father, dear Lord, for saving my soul. I thank you, Father, dear Lord, for all uh, the provisions that you provide on a daily basis, Father, dear God, for all your help and all your that you do. And we love you. And dear God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would lead God direct everything that is said tonight, Father, dear Lord. I pray that this episode would touch people's hearts. Father, dear Lord, I pray that lost people would get saved. And I pray, dear God, that backsliders would get restored. And I pray, dear God, for encouragement for the uh, ones that are on fire and on the front lines for you, Father. We do pray for America and everything that we have going on right now with this, with our economy, with this COVID-19, and with those that have lost businesses and those that have lost jobs and those that don't know where their next meal is coming from, Father. We just pray that you please help us, Father, dear Lord, to find our way back to you. And I've said this many times, Father, dear Lord, but I pray for a revival that would break out in the land, Father, dear God, that would shake the very foundations of this earth. We thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Scars of love. Uh, uh, we're going to be coming from our, our scripture text tonight. will be Isaiah 53, 5 through 7. Isaiah 53, 5 through 7. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of, his, of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Now we've all known this passage as the suffering servant. Isaiah, along with Psalms 22, points to what Jesus Christ has done for us all on the cross. The suffering before, during, and he never opens his mouth in his def- in his defense. Isaiah 52, 14 speaks of how bad his appearance was, how bad he looked. It says, as many were astoned at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than any more than the sons of men. Matthew 27, 27 through 31, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall 
and gathered unto him the whole bands of soldiers. And they stripped him and put him on a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head. And they raised, excuse me, and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Mark 15, 16 calls the hall Praetorium, meaning General's Tent, a place where war council is held. John 19.1 states that they scourged him. John 13.1 states Jesus knew his hour had come that he should depart, but first suffering like no man ever would suffer. Hmm. Like no man would ever suffer. Roman scourging is known to be one of the most cruel punishments one could minister to another. In fact, it was so cruel that women and Roman senators and, and soldiers were the only ones that were exempt from being scourged. The only reason a Roman soldier uh, could be scourged was in cases of desertion. Also known as flogging, now the act was conducted by stripping the garment off of a person tying them to a post, making sure that they were bent in a, in a position where their skin, where, where the scourging would take place, would be stretched, and beating them just short of death in some cases. Now the instrument used has been called a cat of nine tails. It's used by, Rome, uh, it's used by the Royal Navy, the Army of the United Kingdom, in other countries, however, they used a they used a multi-tail whip, and the Romans had pieces of glass, bone, and metal in their multi-tailed whip, designed to tear the flesh open, causing extreme pain and blood loss. Hmm. Often victims would go into circulatory shock, which causes weakness, a fast heart rate, sweating, fast breathing, anxiety, and increased thirst, which can lead to confusion, unconsciousness, and even cardiac arrest. The area of the, the areas of the body focused on were the complete backside, the back the legs, and the buttocks. However, any part of the body may be hit when you have many swinging this instrument at you with no concern whatsoever for the victim. The face, the back of the head, and the front was often struck as well, leaving the victim with very little spots left on the body that did not get struck. And we do know it oft sometimes they even turned them over and scourged them on the front side as well. 
In this process, there's ripping of the skin open, the tearing of the flesh, even getting caught in bone itself has to be one of the most painful forms of torture ever. Especially when the ones swinging the flagellum were also verbally abusing the victim as well. Romans were known for that. Victims who were scourged more severely often did not take as long to die on the cross as others, which explains why Jesus' legs did not have to be broken. Severe scourging alone would leave the body scarred for life, as well as disproportioned. We know that Jesus was struck several times before being scourged, and after the scourging at this point, he was unrecognizable. With swelling that comes with being struck, open flesh hanging out, open wounds dripping with blood, I'm positive this was a very gruesome and even hard to look upon. Jesus was flogged worse than any other human ever. We said this in Isaiah 52, 14. His visage was so marred more than any man. Visage is a person's face with reference to the form or proportions of the features of the face. His face was out of proportion. It was out of form. Marred simply is mar. It's an impair the appearance of. It means disfigure. His face was disfigured. He was mutilated and defaced. Let's stop here just for a moment. Let all that soak in. I'm going to pause and say thank you, Jesus. Because he'd done that for me. He went through all this and he'd done it for you. Now, surely this was enough punishment, right? It was enough punishment for an innocent man at this point. It was enough punishment for an innocent man to go through, right? No. This is just the beginning. Let me ask you a question tonight. Have you ever had an accident? Have you ever had a cut or a bruise or pulled a muscle? How did it feel afterwards? Did you want people to come up and just touch it? Do you want to show people and say, feel it? Right here, here's, the, here's where its open wound is. No, in most cases, you just wanted to be left alone to heal. I'll give you experience in my life. Uh, several times in my life, I know if I just get a, a sunburn, I, I want to be left alone and not touched until it heals. I don't want nobody. Uh, oftentimes, my wife can come up and try to hug me, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, don't, don't touch me, don't touch me. 
well, what's wrong with you? Oh, I got, I got too much sun on my back today, you know, cutting the grass or whatever the case may be. And it's just that irritating burn. I just didn't want to be touched. Just wanted to be left alone. I wanted to lay on something soft. Wanted to have a fan on me or, or lay in front of the air conditioned vent, you know? Wanted to wait till it heals. I know if I have a cut, I don't want anybody messing around with it. I don't want it to be messed with and irritated. I pulled muscle. I know that, that I just want heat and I just want ice. I want to be left alone. I want to stretch it out. I want to lay on the couch. But yet, Jesus had all these open wounds, all this pain that he went through. All that he'd went through up to this point, and now they will put a purple robe on him, causing pain to all his open wounds. And they plaited a crown of thorns on his head, causing new wounds, or either scraping across to old ones to make new ones. They also mocked him and hit him even more. They struck him. Hmm. John 19, 1 through 3, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on a robe. They put on him a, a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Jesus has been scourged. He was, he was beaten on the way to to, to Pilate. He was beaten while he spoke, or excuse me, on the way to the Sanhedrin Council. He was beaten while he was being questioned by them. He was beaten on the way to Pilate. He was beaten on the way to being scourged. He was beaten after he was scourged. And we'll see here that he was beaten on the way to the cross as well. Now the crown of thorns is like a, a stronger uh, rose bush made of sharp pointed vines. Have you ever messed with a rose, tried to pluck a rose for someone or even a briar? It's very hard to do anything without getting pricked at least once somewhere. Every time I've messed with a briar or a rose bush, I'm like, ow, I wish I hadn't. But this is exactly what they had. It was, you know, they... They had this woven together into a crown form and, and they plaited it on his head. Now there is a plant called crown of thorns and it is believed to be what they use because of the black thorny of the black thorns coming up out of its vine or stem. Uh, Caparis uh, spina, spinosa, among other plants, have been named to be what was used because of its thorny stems. And however, all we know that it was meant for mockery. It was meant for pain, whatever they used. And it worked. Now, at this point, would you say that this was enough to prove just how much Jesus loves you? Would you say to this point that this, this proves just how much God loves you? The fact that he's been beaten all, all, as many times as I've spoken of and, and then scourged and and beaten some more and mocked and this crown of thorns planted, planted on his head. 
Mm. I'll stop here and say again, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. You have proved your love to man for mankind. You have done more than enough. However, again, I say this was not yet over. Jesus would now have to carry his cross to Golgotha, a walk of about 650 yards, carrying the weight of the cross that was roughly around 80 to 110 pounds. Jesus went from all this beating to the path known as Via Del Rosa, meaning way of suffering. Today in modern Jerusalem, they have a path from conviction by uh, from conviction by Pilate all the way to the tomb, with fourteen stations set up called fourteen stations of the cross. I'm going to read these fourteen stations, and we'll take a break. Number one, Jesus is condemned. Station number one. Station number two, Jesus takes up the cross. Station three, Jesus falls for the first time. Station four, Jesus meets his mother. Station five, Simon of Cyrene helps Jesus carry his cross. Station six, Jesus is handed the handkerchief. Station seven, Jesus falls for the second time. Station eight, Jesus comforts the women of Jerusalem. Station 9, Jesus falls for the third time. Station 10, Jesus is disrobed. Station 11, Jesus is crucified. Station 12, Jesus dies on the cross. Station 13, Jesus' body is taken down. In the last station, 14, Jesus laid in the tomb. As we can see, this was no easy path to complete. Let's think about all that he's went through and all that he's done up to this point. Again, I've mentioned it. I keep reviewing. I keep going over it. I want this to sink into your minds. All that Jesus has done up to this point outside of the stations. I know it mentions, but we haven't gotten to the breakdown on on, on the cross yet. Jesus has been beaten severely, scourged to almost the point of death, mocked, spit upon, crown of thorns this purple robe placed around him and and being smote over and over again as they mocked him and said hail king of the Jews and we'll get back to carrying that cross here in just a moment let's take a break Hello, this is Stacy Gibson, Evangelist Stacy Gibson. Welcome back. 
before the break, we went over, reviewed several different times. And like I said, I wanted this to kick in. And guess what? We're going to do it again. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was beaten from the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying, beaten on his way to the Sanhedrin Council at nighttime, beaten from there to Pilate, beaten on the way to discouraging, beaten as he left discouraging. purple robe put upon him in a crown of thorns as he was beaten more and mocked we spoke of how his visage was so marred that it was disfigured unrecognizable And I left off with as we can see that this was no easy path to complete. Now carrying a cross that was around 80 to 110 pounds, 650 yards, may not seem like much to you. However, we must remember all the beatings and scourging that has taken place thus far. That Jesus has lost a lot of blood and is very weak, making this 650 yards seem like miles making this 80 to 110 pounds probably seem like 500 pounds. We know that Simon did help him. That's why he had to help him. Jesus was very weak. But carrying his cross for as far as he could, the 650 yards through the streets and outside the city, and up the hill to Golgotha. And after making it to Golgotha, Jesus is disrobed and nailed to the cross. Now the Romans, they did not invent crucifixion, but they just mastered it. It was designed to produce a slow, painful death with maximum pain and suffering. It was the most cruel way that someone can die from. The nails were, the nails were uh, tapered iron spikes approximately five to seven inches long with a three-eighth square shaft. They were driven through the wrist most of the time. The knees were bent and the nails driven into the feet. When this was complete, a, a sign would be nailed above their heads and the soldiers began, usually at this point, mocking the victims and taunting them. Again, as usual, that seems to be the going thing that no matter what the Romans did to you, they were mocking you throughout the whole process. Excuse me, one moment. Hmm. Coffee getting cold. The victims could last on the the victim could last on the cross from three to four hours to three to four days, often depending on the severity 
of the scourging. The person would grasp for an air while standing and straighten the legs and then lose strength and fall back down or slide back down while the rough cross caused more pain to those open wounds in the back. Remember, as I said, that even when I had a sunburn, I didn't want to be touched. Now, he's been he's got open wounds, but yet he's having to push himself up with his bent uh, knees to try to gasp for air. And then all of a sudden, he, his strength, is that which what little strength he has, he's, he's sliding back down that rough cross and just causing more severe agony and pain each and time he goes back up. Not to mention the agony and pain that he's in from gasping for breath. Oftentimes, birds and insects would start to eat at the open wounds as well. Not a pretty sight to behold, wouldn't you say? Now imagine doing this for hours or even days. It is simply a slow, cruel death. Each wound was intended to produce intense agony as the causes of death on the cross were many. As mentioned before, the amount of blood loss from scourging would lead to severe drop in blood pressure, fainting, and even organ failure. The open wound would, would get contaminated with dirt. And as I've said, the wounds on the back would tear each and every time the back would scrape against the rough wood, leading to even more blood loss, more agony, more pain. In some cases, the nails would be driven between the rows of the carpal bones near the radius, uh, connecting to the eight carpal bones, crushing the large median nerve, causing excruciating bolts of fiery pain through the both arms. Now, outside of the extreme pain, the normal respiration, particularly exhalation, breathing, would be shallow, causing muscle cramps, contradictions due to fatigue, and high levels of carbon dioxide in the blood would also hinder respiration further. When pushing up to exhale, all the weight of the body would then fall to the feet that were nailed, causing searing pain. Also, the arms would lose their feeling, causing more pain each time to gasp for air, leading to asphyxia which simply is no oxygen at all. Now, most causes of death on the cross is shock from inadequate perfusion of uh, criti uh, critical organs due to blood loss and no oxygen in the blood from not being able to breathe. Not being able to breathe correctly. Another way was simply dehydration. Stress-induced arrhythmias is an irregular heartbeat. Congestive heart failure. Now Jesus more than likely died of several of 
are, are all of these. Shock, low blood pressure, low blood volume, exhaustion, asphyxia, heart failure, and cardiac arrhythmia. Can you see just how much Jesus loves you? Can you see how much God loves you? Could you give up your son to go through something like this? Can you see why in the garden Jesus' sweat became as great drops of blood because he knew what he was about to face? He knew what he was about to go through? Would you do this for fellow mankind? Would you go through all this for someone? Think about it for a moment. Can I tell you that Jesus done all of this for you tonight? How many times have you heard John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life? Can you look at that verse the same now? Can you see that when it says, For God so loved the world? Now, we're not talking about this, the mountains, the trees, the rivers, the lakes, the green grass, the open fields. When, when, God, when, it, when it says, For God so loved the world, it's all the inhabitants in it. Man, woman, boy, girl, red, yellow, black, or white. Jew or Gentile. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter what your position is. Jesus died on this cross. Jesus went through all this for you. Went through all this for me, and I thank Him. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've went through for us. I thank Jesus for what He done at the cross. I thank Him for what He's done by, by being beating this uh, this severely. Jesus proved his love for us on the cross. Jesus has the scars to prove just how much he loves us. Hey, this is Evangelist Stacy Gibson. This is He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry. I encourage you to, to look me up on uh, Facebook, Instagram. I've got a YouTube account, Stacy Gibson 132. I have videos there and preaching and singing. 
even do all my promos. Uh, mo mo most of you, uh, some of you have seen my promos. I'm, I'm getting real popular as the promo guy, but, but I encourage you to please listen, uh, share this episode and share it with other people and let people hear the truth. And that's my goal. I've said from the beginning that I'll always speak truth. And I always want to see my purpose for this ministry is to see lost souls get saved, for people to know what Christ has done for them, that the cross today is empty. That tomb today that he was buried in, hallelujah, praise God, it's empty. And I'm glad that Jesus died on that cross for my sins. I'm glad that that tomb is empty. I'm glad he's got the scars to prove just how much he loves me. But Jesus is not on that cross anymore. He's not in that tomb anymore. He's at the right hand of the Father. And one day he'll be coming back to this earth again. He'll be coming back and we're going to meet him in the air with the second coming. And then one day he's going to come back riding that, riding that white horse. And he's going to bring judgment with him. Don't wait until it's too late. Call on Jesus now. Look at the pain, the suffering, and all that he went through. He was our final sacrifice. Let's pray. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. I, I come to you tonight. I'm humbling myself, Father, dear Lord, and I'm in just almost finding a loss of words of what I could say to that hasn't already been said, that hasn't already been proven by you of how much you care, how much you love us, Father. And, and for, for me, I don't understand why anyone would reject your son, Jesus. I don't understand why anyone would reject the love that you've shown each and every one of us about what you have went through on the cross. And my heart pleads with people tonight, Father, that they would take heed to the warnings that I give each and every week, that they would take heed to the words that are said, that they would take heed to your words, Father, dear Lord, not mine. And fall to their knees right now, Father, dear God. Uh, no matter what is going on in the world, you are still on the throne. And you still can be found. And you're still saving lost souls. And I pray for that lost soul that they would fall to their knees now and call out to you in repentance. That they would admit they're a sinner and they would believe what you've done on the cross. They would have faith, take a step of faith and have it, Father, dear Lord, and exercise it right now, Father, dear Lord, to call on you and that you would reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. If there's someone listening right now, Father, dear Lord, that has turned their back on you, Father, I pray right now for that restoration. I pray they'd put you on the top of their list. I pray they'd get back on fire for you, Father. And I know, Father, dear Lord, no matter what's going on right now, Father, dear Lord, no matter who started this and no matter uh, where it originated from, this COVID-19, Father, I know that you're uh, using this, Father, to open up eyes, Father, dear Lord. 
You're using this to get our attention. And I do pray right now, Father, dear God, that the church doors would open back up. And that we would have a great revival, Father, dear Lord, a great, magnificent revival like this earth has never seen. And of course, Father, as always, I do pray for those that are out there doing your will. I pray for every evangelist. I pray for every ministry, every pastor. I pray for every radio station, every podcast, every one that's out there, whether they're a singing group or trying to minister through music, books, websites. I pray for all the churches. I pray for every pastor and everybody that's out there, Father, dear God, being unique and trying to have services in some kind of way. And I pray for strength for those that have already opened up their doors and are moving forward. Honor the faith of these individuals, Father, dear Lord, and hear our cries. In Jesus' name, I pray, heal our lands. And I thank you, Father. Hey, I thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. And like I said again, please share this episode and and share the gospel of Christ. Thank you and God bless.